welcome to Fountain City Sports Media Podcast. My name's Armando, and I'm joined by my friends Reese and Kyle. And today we're doing a mini episode on the Kansas City Chiefs. The biggest question mark in Kansas City sports has finally been answered. Chris Jones signs a four-year contract worth $85 million. $60 million is guaranteed upon signing, and that $60 million guaranteed ties him for the highest-paid contract um, since Khalil Mack. So he takes no signing bonus, and he'll make just as much as he would have made if he would have franchise tagged him. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about all things Chiefs and see what the implications are for, for the Chiefs. So here we go. Here's some instant reactions. Reese. We did it. I think had the Patrick Mahomes contract not come out last week and this happened, I think I'd be more shocked. I think once the Patrick Mahomes contract came out and I saw how it was structured, and I still think it's a big shock that over the next five years he's only going to be an average of $28.5 million against the cap over those five years. Uh, when that happened, I was kind of like, okay, Chris Jones is coming back. They're going to find some way to make it work. But, you know... Having two birds in the hand is worth one of the bush. It's one thing to believe something. It's another thing to see it actually happen. So I'm thrilled. Let's run it back. Woo! Kyle. Well, for me, this uh, this signing represents one less reason that the rest of the sports media can justify some boneheaded reason that the Baltimore Ravens are the Super Bowl favorites going forward. It feels like every week we've we've seen a power rankings or some kind of justification that Baltimore or like Tampa Bay or like the Patriots or even the Saints in a little in a, in a little more of a sane universe are somehow going to be more of a sure lock than us to go back to the Super Bowl. And honestly, this is just this is extending the fledgling dynasty. And uh, I think Reese is is right on that the news is less shocking because of this massive contract last week. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, this really bolsters like the the Kansas City culture of having that chip on our shoulder for not being known as a defensive team necessarily. And, and we've seen multiple times over the last two seasons where when we have played really well defensively, we see like our team collectively take umbrage to the fact that we're not known as a defensive team and so I think putting the money where our mouth is with Chris Jones and also knowing that he's on board to like build this thing is really exciting and you know I can't say enough good things about it I'm gonna piggyback off Kyle I would like to say take that national sports media because for like a week the only thing you guys were saying was that we had no salary cap room Right, we only had a hundred and seventy-eight dollars in salary cap, and that we weren't going to go anywhere. We couldn't re-sign Pat Holmes, the Pat Mahomes. Sorry, there was no way that we were going to get Chris Jones again. No way we were going to be able to re-sign people. Well, guess what? We got both of them, not just one. Right, not just a half a billion dollar contract for Patrick Mahomes, but then we also got the highest contract since Khalil Mack to be signed by Chris Jones for $85 million. So finally, Kansas City is getting their due, and now we're not hearing a lot from the national pundits about what's going on. But this is a huge deal for Kansas City to restructure both of these contracts and to maintain that salary cap of 
this supposed $178 salary cap that we had to spend in free agency. Um, so take that, ESPN. Actually, we're, we're probably going to get bought by ESPN later, so maybe I shouldn't be so so mean to ESPN. Never mind. ESPN, you're doing all right. Kyle! Athletic or bust, baby. Athletic or bust. Friend of the podcast, The Athletic. What up, dudes? All right, Reese, <laughs> what do you now think about when it comes to Brett Veach? Because we knew Brett Veach was great, right? How many of us actually thought that Brett Veach would come up with a deal to sign Chris Jones, not just for one year, but for a four-year contract? I mean, what what, what are your thoughts? So far, I have to say that I think he finally steps into the limelight of being a success. I know even after last year when they won the Super Bowl, there was still kind of the argument of, you know, well, how much of this is Dorsey's doing and how much it was Veach actually there for? You know, how much did Andy Reid craft? I, I think at this point now, between the Super Bowl having two good drafts on paper and then the way he's just magnificently signed, you know, over half a billion dollars of contracts in the last week to keep this much of the core together. I think it speaks volumes for who Veach is as a businessman, and I think by now people can finally trust the vision of what he wants the franchise to be and where he wants it to go. I think it'll help, too, that you know locking down Patrick Mahomes was just such a big deal. It's like you have such a foundation to build whatever kind of team you want now you know, for the next 10 years. You can run Marty Ball with a Patrick Mahomes-type quarterback if you want. You can run, you know, just a crazy air raid-style offense with Patrick Mahomes if you want. So now the fact that he's locking down the defensive side so he's not going to let that be a giant, you know, hole the way it's been in seasons past is really good. I think the big thing is John Dorsey had this habit of throwing money at any player that deserved money. Again, not saying they didn't deserve money, but, I mean, he paid big to D Ford. He paid big to Justin Houston. You know, he he would have paid big to Marcus Peters. And, you know, that, that wound up hurting us. He paid big to Eric Berry. You know, it's like any player that came up that deserved money got money. And, you know, fair to them if you want to trade them off for pieces later on. But the, the difference between what Veach has been doing here and what John Dorsey did or what we've seen with the collapse of the Rams over the last two years is that he's giving himself ways out of these contracts. He's paying a bunch of the money up front. These aren't, like, much bigger cap hits than people predicted. And he's made it known he's going to be keeping these big, impactful players and he has every intention of doing his best to draft high-quality rookies on those four- or five-year contracts to keep rotating them in and rotating them out. Yeah, Reese, I want to jump into what you were saying and kind of dissect it a little more. I was hearing that the that the Chiefs were being compared to the Rams because the Rams uh, have gotten all these huge contracts from people, and it's blowing up in their face currently, right? They invested in, in Marcus Peters. They invested in Jared Goff. You know, they invested in all these people that are just way too much money and they couldn't sustain it. And they were giving away a lot of draft capital. But the one thing that the Chiefs have done is that they're still keeping their draft capital. And they're still able to, to develop all these players while getting these big contracts. And exactly what you were saying is the Chiefs are investing in the right way. We're not investing in middle linebackers. We're not investing in even cornerbacks, right? We're investing in the pass rushers and Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and then obviously in Patrick Mahomes. And I think Veach has almost reinvented the way 
as to what a successful team looks like. Because before this, the Patriots was the successful team to look at. It was, you have Tom Brady, and then you get these veteran minimums that come in and are going to be successful around him because they're playing with Tom Brady or they want to play with Tom. But we're seeing with Brett Veach's system, he's able to reconstruct contracts, like like you were saying, where you're not paying all this. Like, a lot of Chris Jones' contract is not being put on the books like i said in the in the intro he's getting paid just as much as he would have gotten paid if he was franchise tagged this year which is huge so brett veach is like really reinventing a system that you're able to maintain these players like frank clark like a chris jones like patrick mahomes and then in a couple years we re-sign travis kelsey you know of course he's still he's thinking about these things down the road and it's something that we haven't seen before the rams tried it didn't work patriots haven't tried it because they know it won't work for them at least um so it's crazy that it's working now for us and these guys are in their prime right like chris jones isn't old patrick mahomes isn't old like we're getting these people and we're gonna get a bang for our buck knock on wood that no injuries happen uh but yeah hot take brett veach is the jerry west of the nfl boom you you know i'm not one to say follow the crowd but i think in this case uh the crowd is correct because uh crowd written wikipedia has under the preview for brett veach rather than saying american football executive it says american football genius <laughs> i gotta check that out that's awesome <laughs> uh, well speaking of speaking of american Wait, football serious? genius brett veach as, as as armando stated i think a big thing that you can look at brett veach is that he's not giving up draft capital left and right because if you can remember this time last year and even four or five games into last season there was talk that we had to lock ourselves down a lockdown cornerback and everyone was calling for we have to go out and get Jalen Ramsey you know Jalen Ramsey said he'd be interested in playing for the Chiefs we have to get Minka Fitzpatrick we got to get Darian Slay we got to get all those guys but Ramsey in particular people were saying he's going to go for a first and a second or he's going to go for two first round picks and a big contract you know and what what happened he got picked up by the Rams for two first-round picks and a really big contract, if I'm not mistaken. That easily could have been us. How much would we have been hamstrung if we would have lost two first-round picks and had a, like a near Chris Jones-sized contract on the book? I also want to want to throw back to that game that the three of us went to in person last season, the really cold game against Oakland, where leading up to it, I remember it had sort of been on the table or in the back of our minds like oh man it'd be really nice if we had Jalen Ramsey going into this game you know against the Raiders <laughs> and not, not not that we were scared of them but that like he would match up really well against them you know what I mean and then we <laughs> beat them like 31 to nothing yeah I can I can probably go back to like all of our texts during that time where we were all like why don't we have Jalen Ramsey why didn't we get him and now we're like like thanking our lucky stars that we didn't invest in a cornerback, which is like so crazy to think of because that's literally all we were thinking about in the off season. I remember like we were all like, God, if we can just get that one piece, but Brett Veach just sitting back in his pool in his floaties with a, with a martini or a Mai Tai. And you're just saying, guys, don't worry. I got this. I know Chris is coming back. I'm going to get Frank. I know we're going to get Pat. I know Sammy Watkins' contract sucks, but we're going to get, like, a really good investment in the Super Bowl for him. Like, everything just, like, literally fell into place. And the future is set up as well, which which you didn't see in a Patriots team, right? You saw the future set up 
for the quarterback, but you didn't see the future set up for the wide receiver. You know, Randy Moss only there for a year, a couple of years. You didn't see it in the cornerbacks, in the wide, in the in the middle linebackers. You know, now in our system, and we can talk about this in our next segment. I don't really see any flaws anymore. That was our biggest question. I don't know where the weakness really is, other than cornerback. I mean, yeah, cornerbacks can be better, but that's not a really huge weakness in comparison to that we still have like the two best pass rushers in the NFL. Well, it's one thing you're seeing nowadays is that people are arguing, are we going to be paying for big money cornerbacks or are we going to be paying for big money D linemen? And I think this offseason in particular has shown that the big money D lineman seems to be playing out. I personally would rather invest in a line because these days the quarterback situation by and large in the NFL is pretty thin. Wouldn't you agree? There's not a whole lot of elite, even good level quarterbacks out there right now. So would you rather invest money in a cornerback who has to try and predict the moves of somebody who knows what he's doing, a.k.a. a wide receiver, and hope he can stick to him for a five Mississippi count? Or would you rather invest money in guys like a Frank Clark or a Chris Jones saying, hey, can you get to a quarterback within a five Mississippi count and make someone like a Ryan Tannehill throw a bad pass? Also, I want to piggyback on that and say that the the easy, cheap take here that I think we're going to be hearing in the next week from a lot of folks is going to be say that oh okay so we we finally re-signed chris jones so now let's immediately think about how much better we're going to be against the teams with a great offense with a great quarterback with multiple weapons but i think an underrated storyline especially going off what you said reese about building a line rather than necessarily investing big money in the cornerbacks is that it matches you up really well against a team with a great offensive line but not necessarily a great quarterback examples of those might be the colts I, i mean question mark next to Philip Rivers but another another example would be the Raiders also maybe Dallas depending on how Dak's playing all right so with all that in mind boys we had originally after Patrick Mahomes got signed we all made a prediction as to what we thought the 2020 season was going to look like and I know our big caveat was Chris Jones now there's no caveat no question mark a fat period we're going to go back to the predictions what do we think is the predictions for the Chiefs in 2020. Reese, I'll let you start it off. You know what? I'm going to be the conservative portfolio guy, and I'm not moving my record. Overall, I think there was a little light in the back of my mind that I believed Chris Jones was going to play here this season, be it on the franchise tag or be it on a big re-signing. So I really can't say I change my projected outcome for any of these games. I'm sticking with my 12 and 4 prediction. I'm going to also stick with my original prediction of 13 and 3, although I will say when I originally made that prediction, 13 and 3 is optimistic in any season for any great team. Uh, and so I think this signing gives us a better shot at winning any of the tough games, which is the New Orleans game, the New England game even, uh the Buffalo game for sure um any game against those weird losses that can uh, sort of stack up amongst the division rivals. I think this just, again, shores up the team to make another Super Bowl run, and and we're going to see the dividends all the way throughout the season. Hot take Mondo, here it comes. We have 21 out of the 22 people coming back from the Super Bowl champions. Guess who doesn't get to do training camp? 
every team in the NFL. Guess who probably doesn't get to have a preseason? Every team in the NFL. Guess who probably has the best chemistry in the NFL right now and has no question marks as to who's going to come back in the next year? Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> well, okay, and we can have, we can talk about that. So the Ravens signed a couple of good acquisitions, but they're going to have to play in a new system. They're going to have no training time, right? No camp. That they're very good, but you have to have that team chemistry going in, or else you can easily lose a game week one, week two, week three. I forgot what week we're going to play the Ravens, but it's pretty early, right? It's pretty early. And like you said, the Ravens have a big timing-based system. Can we alienate all of our friends of the podcast from the state of Tennessee right now and talk about how lame it would be to be a Titans fan? We're over here oh celebrating gosh. these these long-term Mahomes and Chris Jones contracts, and they have to be happy with the Derrick Henry extension and the Tannehill contract. Bummer. Didn't I hear Ryan Tannehill is making more than Patrick Mahomes per year for the next three years? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're sort of in the alternate timeline, so it would make sense to me. Let that sink in for a little bit. I love Derrick Henry, though. I think he's a great player, but are you super stoked about signing a running back, or are you super stoked about signing a transcendent, talented quarterback and arguably the second-best defensive lineman in the NFL? Heard that. Shout it from the rooftops, baby. And also, correct me correct me if I'm wrong, but Derrick Henry only signed a one-year contract, right? Uh, sh- uh f- four years. Oh, four years, okay. I was going to say, I thought he just signed a one-year and that he, uh, Dak, I think Dak, they're yeah. probably not going to come up with a long-term right. deal for him. So he's probably, he's going to get franchise tag. Which, but, by the way. Yeah, I mean, look at, there's a lot of turmoil in the NFL right I'm now. I'm so sick of hearing about Dak and Dallas. They just deserve each other. Just don't like stop reporting on them i don't give a <laughs> hey i'm telling you when we start a small market bias podcast series you know that's uh, the perfect thing to talk about is how nobody cares about dak prescott and the cowboys who by the way did not get a deal reached by 3 p.m today meaning that dak is going to have to play on the franchise tag next year for 31 million dollars stonks wow just crazy, just great. I mean, and it also just shows you how great Brett Veach is because I feel like Chris Jones' situation was worse than Dak's situation, where Chris was saying he probably wasn't going to play with the Chiefs anymore, where there was reports coming out that, like, they hadn't even talked after they franchise-tendered him. So, like, that situation was so much worse, and Brett Veach was able to get it done, which is insane. I also want to mention one more, uh, another time. I know I had said 14-2, and two, and I just want to reiterate it's great that Chris Jones is coming back because it's also going to put less pressure on Frank Clark to be, you know, the guy when you have both those guys being the pass rusher. And remember, Frank Clark is coming out of a shoulder injury I think he had in the beginning of the season. And we just saw, like, what Frank Clark could be on the Chiefs, right? So having him at full health, having Chris Jones at full health, and then everybody getting used to year two of Spags. And remember, this was just year one of Spags' defense. Like, everyone's getting more comfortable. We just lost Kendall Fuller. I mean, yes, Kendall Fuller is a great cornerback, but we still have 21 of our starters coming back. So the ceiling is an undefeated season. I'm going to say that, but I'll be a little realistic and say we'll probably lose to the Saints or like maybe one to the Ravens. But to me, with this core, I don't think we lose one to the Broncos now. I don't think we lose one to those middle-tier teams where we might be fatigued. I just think the chemistry just it's we're, it's just too high. You also bring up a good point, Armando, that um, solidifying Chris Jones and Frank Clark actually takes the pressure off the question marks of Charvarius Ward and Brashad Breland, where it's just 
strengthening us all the way across so maybe these the, these places that look a little like weak spots or they're not so deep it's just going to be less of an issue all right and that's it for today's podcast we're all excited to have chris jones back on the chiefs and to have a very successful 2020 season i'm joined by my friends kyle and reese this is fountain city sports media and we'd like to thank you all for listening we're kansas city fans preaching to the kansas city fans and we'll see you all next time peace out